series avoiding election infection so how are you doing keeping yourself from infection okay how are you doing resisting this tone this tenor that's happening around us in in our nation today well hopefully well and hopefully the last few weeks have been helpful in in guiding you along that path well before i start here i want to give you the question that I am going to ask you about 25 minutes from now. This will be the question that we use for our congregational sharing. And, and this is a question that I would encourage you to open up your hearts and listen to the Holy Spirit around this question. What is one thing that you can do this week to love first and put your politics second? What is one thing you can do this week to love first and put your politics second? And for all of you joining us online, you can participate in this as well. Start thinking, start listening, start, start paying attention to the Holy Spirit. And then when it comes time, you can share it in the comment section as well. So, all of politics is about advancement. Advancement of a political party. Advancement of an agenda, a group of people, a set of values. It's all about advancement. And see, different political groups have different strategies to advance their cause. So, for instance, right now, Senate Republicans are trying to confirm Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett into the Supreme Court. And it looks like they will. They've got the votes. So they are banking on judicial power as a way to move their party's agenda forward. Okay? Now, now take a look at Black Lives Matter movement. They're known for their protests, civil disobedience. They are using social disturbance to advance their cause. Or many of the political ads or the political memes on Facebook... They attack the opponent. Right? See, they are using fear to advance their cause. See, everybody uses something to advance what's important to them. Everybody. Including you and me. See, you might use shame or guilt to get your way with others. You might use power over your spouse or your kids. But it doesn't have to be bad. You might use hard work to get a promotion. You might use kindness to resolve conflict. Or you might use egg rolls to make friends. Which totally works, by the way. See, everybody uses something to advance what's important to them. Now, if you're a Christian, there is something more important than your politics, your job, or your family. But not egg rolls, of course. That'd be ridiculous. But there is something more important than any of those. 
That's the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ in your heart and in the world right now and in the age to come. That's the kingdom of God. Now, the scripture calls us to be active participants in building the kingdom of God. Active participants. We see it in the, probably the most famous prayer out there, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how are we supposed to help God's kingdom come? How are we supposed to advance the kingdom of God? Well, Christians throughout history have answered this question in different ways. But there is one answer. There is one answer that has proven true time and time again. There is one unquestionable reality that is reflected in the church's best and worst moments. And it's the core idea of today's sermon. And it's this. If you try to use anything other anything to advance the kingdom of God other than love it will fail. Let me say that again. If you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love it will fail. See love was the central theme of Jesus' teaching and the birth of the church. We see it over and over again in passages. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Or, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor and hate your political opponent. Love your neighbor and hate the person who disagrees with you. But I tell you, Jesus tells you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Or the Apostle John wrote this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And I could go on and on. There are countless passages that talk about this same thing. Love. So it makes sense that if you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love, it will fail. Nonetheless, Christians throughout history have tried other means to advance the kingdom of God. And still today, Christians try other means to advance the kingdom of God. Every time, it's failed. And it still fails. So to help you understand this, I'd like to take you on a whirlwind tour of 2,000 years of church history. Now, not everything, of course, but some of the highlights and some of the lowlights of what church history has been like. And this will illustrate, you will see the pattern. That if you try to advance the kingdom of God with 
anything other than love, it will fail. So, let's start with the early church. Okay? So after Jesus, the church grew at an unprecedented rate. It was absolutely incredible. And the book of Acts paints a beautiful picture of a church that genuinely loved and cared for people. And as a result, the kingdom advanced and the church grew. Here's how one Christian author named Justin Martyr described the, the new church to the Roman emperor. This was 150 AD. This is actually one of the earliest recorded statements about the church that is not from the Bible. And here's what, how he described the church to the, the current Roman emperor in, in 150 AD. Here it is. They who are well-to-do and willing give what they see fit. And what is collected is deposited with the pastor who provides for the orphans and widows. And those who, through sickness or any other cause, are in need. And those who are in chains and the foreigners living among them, among us. In a word, they take care of all who are in need. The early church was known far and wide for their love for people. And despite horrific persecution, despite the criminalization of Christianity, the church grew. God's kingdom advanced. Why? Because of love. Now that continued up until the 300s. When something that happened that changed the course of church history. The Roman Emperor Constantine legalized Christianity and even converted. Making him the first Roman Emperor to ever be a Christian. Now he did some good stuff. He, he built churches. He donated money. He returned property that had been stolen from churches. But he also started to use his political power to advance the church. He promoted Christians into high-ranking positions. He forced non-Christian people and non-Christian organizations to pay more in taxes. And he started enacting laws that enforced Christian beliefs. See, while it was great that Christians weren't being killed anymore. That was great. But Constantine's approach was problematic. The church became a tool of the state. And the state became a tool of the church. Constantine tried to use political power. And he was the most powerful person. He tried to use political power to advance the kingdom of God, and it didn't work. In fact, realistically, when you look at Constantine in the context of history, he thrust the church into a thousand years of corruption, greed, heresy, and violence. If you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love, it will fail. Constantine used political power. 
and it failed miserably. The best example of this failure is if we jump forward a few hundred years, and that's the Crusades. So in 1100, the church began 200 years of war in an attempt to reclaim the Holy Land, Jerusalem, from Islamic control. And so these campaigns were bloody, they were violent, and they were ruthless. It's estimated that anywhere between one and nine million people died on both sides during the Crusades. All in the name of Jesus. If you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love, it will fail. The medieval church tried to use violence and coercion to advance the kingdom of God. And it failed. And it represents the darkest stain on the history of the church. So now fast forward a few hundred years to 1500. And at this point, a major shift happened in the church. The Protestant Reformation. Now, this was led most noticeably by Martin Luther. And he publicly challenged both the unbiblical theology and the corrupt practices in the church. And now, while, while Luther is known for many things, things like justification by faith, sola scriptura, the priesthood of all believers. The true heart of the Protestant Revolution, excuse, the Protestant Reformation, was love. Here's how one scholar puts it. Luther argued that the way to enable fallen human beings like us to love God and neighbor is to assure us of God's prior unconditional love for us in Christ which frees us from our perceived need to make ourselves lovable to God through our own efforts. Luther argued that once we experience the inflowing of this radical love into our hearts and lives, it moves us to love God and to love our neighbor as we ourselves have been loved. At its best and at its heart, the Reformation was all about this Reformation of love. If you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love, it will fail. Now, the, the Reformers did not get everything right. Martin Luther did not get everything right. But he got this right. We can see another example of this in the great revivals of colonial America. Fast forward a few hundred years. So in 1734, in Boston, Massachusetts, there was, <coughs> excuse me, there was a revival of such magnitude, it became known as the First Great Awakening. And it was, it, one of the key figures in this, in this revival was Jonathan Edwards. He was a preacher, a very well-known preacher at the time. And here is what he wrote back to a, a Boston preacher about his time there. The town was never was so full of love, nor so full of joy as it has lately been. 
I never saw the Christian spirit in love to enemies so exemplified in all my years as I have seen it within this half year. That was the first great awakening. And this was mirrored in the second great awakening that followed. The kingdom of God advanced during these revivals. Why? Because of love. Because of love. Now, fast forward a few more hundred years to 1980, our current history now. Excuse me while I cough and take a little drink. Much better. There we go. So, 1980, with the rise of what's known as the religious right, or the Christian right, the evangelical right. You see, in the 70s, many white conservative Christians were feeling like they were losing cultural power in the United States because of things like Brown versus Board of Education, Roe v. Wade. And so this group of predominantly white conservative Christians started to look for opportunities to align themselves with those in power. And they started to align themselves with the Republican Party because they felt that the Republican Party reflected, better reflected their conservative, socially conservative positions on things like abortion, homosexuality, and so-called family values. And so this continued until the word Christian became almost synonymous with Republican. This is the, this is the world that I accepted Christ into in the mid-80s. Um, and those two words were synonymous. Um, and what happened is this created, this created a religious subculture characterized by strong political affiliation... And a pretty healthy dose of Christian nationalism as well. See, their core strategy was to use political influence to advance the kingdom of God. Not surprisingly, it hasn't worked. In fact, over the last decade, and especially over the last few years, the word evangelical has been tarnished. From years of scandal, hypocrisy, and greed. And a complete absence of love for neighbor. I mean, it's so much so, I don't even call myself an evangelical anymore. I used to. It used to be a perfectly acceptable term to describe a certain group within Christianity. But I don't call myself that anymore. Because so many who use that name are so unloving. I don't use it anymore. Because if you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love, it will fail. The religious right has tried to use political influence and still does. And it has not worked. The kingdom of God has not advanced because of those efforts. So all throughout history, all throughout history, Christians, when Christians love abundantly, the kingdom of God advances. 
when they seek after power, position, wealth, control, the kingdom of God suffers. And we see this pattern over and over and over again. So let me ask you, if you are a Christian, what do you use to advance the kingdom of God? What do you use? Politics? Power? Pressure? And when it comes to politics, do you find yourself, do you say things like, vote your values, elect Christians to office, or reclaim America for God? Now, some of those aren't necessarily wrong, but be careful. You might be trying to use political power to advance the kingdom of God. You might be trying to use political power to do something that only love can do. Remember, if you try to advance the kingdom of God with anything other than love, it will fail. The measure of your maturity is not in your politics. It's in your love. The measure of your maturity is not in your politics. It is in your love. So how loving are you? Really? How loving are you? Are you building, are you advancing the kingdom of God? Or are you actually hurting the kingdom of God? There's a great song out, there's a great Christian song out right now called Revolutionary by this guy Josh Wilson. Here, here are some of its lyrics. Why does kindness seem revolutionary? When did we let hate get so ordinary? Let's turn it around, flip the script. Judge slow, love quick. God, help us get revolutionary. Then he continues later on in the song. What would Jesus do? He would love first. Yeah, he would love first. So we should love first. Love first. Disagree second. Love first. Campaign second. Love first. Vote second. Politics will never advance the kingdom of God. Only love can do that. Abundant, selfless, unconditional, revolutionary, Jesus-inspired love. And, of course, egg rolls. So join me in prayer. God, help us be loved. Help us accept your love in its fullest. To believe that we are loved by you. To believe that there is nothing we could do that would make you love us less. 
and nothing we could do that would make you love us more. Help us receive your love so that we could love others. God, I pray against everything that would prevent us from loving. Lord, I pray against pride. In the name of Jesus, I pray against self-righteousness. I pray against judgment. I pray against criticism. I pray against all that Satan does to prevent your people, God's people, to love their neighbor. God, I pray for each soul here, each soul watching us online, that, that they feel the scope and magnitude of your love for them. That they can sit under the waterfall of your love and drown in it. So much so that they are overflowing with love for neighbor. God, help us put love first and politics second. Because we cannot do that by ourselves. Nothing in us can accomplish that. But you can. Through the Holy Spirit working inside us. Lord, so help us. Help us be loved and help us be loving. In the name of Jesus, the one who loved us first, I pray. Amen.